Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. Do not adjust your set. Do not adjust your microphones. Don't adjust anything unless you're uncomfortable where you're sitting and then adjust how you're sitting. I am on the road right now, so I am doing a bit of a makeshift studio and uh, that means that the sound might be a bit wonky and uh, my dog might have pooped in a hotel room. That's got nothing to do with the microphone quality, but I'm just telling you what I'm living through. Um, yeah, I'm on the road visiting my guy, and um, it's good. It's better together. Uh, Sydney Nielsen, one of the producers of this podcast, and also our social media manager, and also the manager of so many things around the firecracker department. Without Sydney Nielsen, I have said this before, I'll say it again, I'd be sitting in the corner figuring out I don't know why I'd have to sit in the corner, but I'd have to sit somewhere isolated trying to figure out editing and everything else, and nothing would get done. So, if you haven't reached out to Sydney Nielsen and told them how great they are, today's the day. They are fantastic. Now, we were talking about a couple of things. Here's one of the things Sydney and I were chatting about. Have you ever noticed how many, like, quote unquote, national or international days there are? It feels like every day there's something to be celebrated, which I'm all for. I'm a fan of celebration. There are a surprising amount of days. You know, they're, they're sometimes very arbitrary, like National No Dirty Dishes Day, National Cheese Souffle Day, National Devil's Food Cake Day, hello, National Pick Strawberries Day. How did they get started? With somebody like picking strawberries and like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Let's make this a national day. And then everybody around who was also picking strawberries was like, yes, of course. And FYI, those are actual days. Yes. I'm curious. Does anybody know how any of these days got started? I have so many questions. As I said, I'm all for celebration. And if you are listening to this podcast kind of on time, it's also National Rescue Dog Day, which is Thursday, May 20th. And uh, I have to say, this one hits hard. You know, I have... This guy, speaking of dogs that poop in the hotel, I wouldn't trade him for the world. He's 16 years old. I don't know how he's done it. I, he's just doing great. Eat whatever you want at this point. Poop wherever you like. You're like 112 or something like that. So enjoy, enjoy your time. And of course there are some firecracker dogs in the core group members. We've got AJ's Walter, we've got Alyssa's Pond. I mean, there is actually, you know what? This has just inspired me. We should do a firecracker pet day and find out all the pets that are out there. I would love to see it, firecracker pet. So send us your photos of all your pets because we sure are lucky to have them. And make sure you check online on May 20th and honestly, anytime you can, donate. Donate to these rescue organizations like Redemption Paws in Toronto, where AJ, Sid, and so many of our community members have found pups and fosters and forever homes, and so many others that we will put online in our socials this week, just to celebrate. Celebrate all our furry friends in the firecracker department. Post yours. Share your firecracker pet with our community. Let's put some firecracker pet love out there. Okay, speaking of love, great segue, Speaking of love, we have a firecracker shout out. And if you're listening to this and you think, oh, I would like to shout out somebody that I think is doing incredible work out there, just send a voice memo to firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. Make sure you include your name, the person you're shouting out to, and their handles so that we can find out more about them to firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. And now here is a shout out from our very own Liesl Lafferty. Hello, my name is Liesl Lafferty and I'm on the Firecracker script department team. Today I'm shouting out Rebecca Marquardt, who is also on the script department team. And what I love about her is her enthusiasm, her sense of humor, her politic, and her insatiable need for organization always comes in so handy. If you need something done, she will do it for you. If she needs help, she will ask. I've known her for about six months and already she's helped me learn my way around the firecracker system. She's helped me set up my next project upcoming with the firecracker department. She's had me read her short script to give some feedback and be a guest on her very fun watch party. For more on Rebecca Marquardt, RebeccaLoops.com. And that is my firecracker shout out. I love these firecracker shout outs so much. 
I mean, I can go about my day, I would say like regularly, hourly, maybe minutely shouting out folks. And uh, I love the reverberation of those shout outs. And yeah, Rebecca Marquardt, always worthy of a shout out. Okay, now it's Firecracker Spotlight time. We have a brand new Real Women's Network Creator Spotlight for you. If you're catching this on one of your first episodes, welcome. Oh, so glad that you could make it. So here's the background. We at Firecrack Department have partnered with Real Women's Network, which is an online streaming service that showcases women filmmakers and content creators. And every month I sit down with one of the creators featured on that platform. I get to know them. And then after you finish listening, you can stream their shows and features directly from Real Women's Network. So isn't that great? So you can find out a little bit about the filmmaker and then you can actually see their films. Those links will be all on our show notes, but just to give you a little catch up, I've talked with Crystal Chappelle, one of the co-founders, plus featured filmmakers Andrea Evans, Emily Elfadli, Brooke Berman, and Tina Huang. This month's RWN Spotlight is on Swiss Trinidadian actor and filmmaker Merum Hassler. Merum is the co-owner and co-founder of Viscous Film, an award-winning avant-garde boutique film company, and her journey is just, it's so interesting and so unique her mother is a sculptor, her father is a filmmaker. She began her career in music as a lyricist, songwriter, recording artist. She has traveled internationally recording songs with and for leading producers and talent in pop. And oh my gosh, just, just she does everything and she's just got such a vibrant energy about it. I loved our discussion. She's produced albums, film scores, commercial jingles, as well as making herself known as an actor on international TV series, commercials, and more. Oh my gosh, so much. Growing up in a filmmaking and musical family, she's been in the industry so long and is in so many different capacities of the business that it's just, I mean, it's an absolute treat to talk to her and hear about everything she's been working on or is working on, and then just reflect how those artistic ventures affect each other because it's all like here's the thing for me I think it's all about keeping your muscles limber so if you're working on one art it's gonna feed the other crafts as well and uh, you'll listen to my chat with Miram and you'll be like oh yeah I see that beyond her music her producing and acting has brought her creativity forth as an active director a writer and camera AC in LA Miram is also currently directing her first feature film pen pals and you'll hear all about that too with my chat you'll also hear about my chat with her face yoga skills yes it's exactly as it sounds face yoga and actually when I was leading up to my chat with her I did a little face yoga from one of her videos it's fantastic it's also a great way to put on your moisturizer in the morning because you're sort of giving yourself a face moisture yoga treatment and you deserve it Okay, let's get into it. Here's my chat with Maram Hassan. So Maram, you're in London. You're drinking wine. So you're in London time on wine o'clock. I love it. I'm a little bit jealous. It's three o'clock here. So I will send you my time zone right here through the yes. Zoom power. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I look at your career and the various hats that you wear. And I'm like, this person is a hustler, right? Yeah. You're a hustler. I am. I am. But I also, I, it's that, it's that saying, you know, jack of all trades, king of none kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm always in conflict between the two. Um, I was just brought up that way. My, my family is a, is an artistic family. My dad's a filmmaker and mom is an artist. So I, I grew up having the freedom of doing whatever I kind of wanted creatively and not having to decide, okay, this is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life, you know? And I'm very competitive and I want to understand. So as soon as I understood as actors, especially, right, that we better understand what's going on. And listen, we're primed. I always say as actors, if we go into directing, think about how many directors we've worked with. We self-direct all yes. the time. As actors, when it comes to writing, how many scripts have we read? over and over we start to understand what good writing is okay yeah. and then when it comes to producing it's just about it's the middle finger but it's just about finding <laughs> <laughs> in the seas of nose <laughs> and determination so as actors we are actually primed for this for filmmaking oh um yes i love I that think so much i know yeah that's why the men yeah, and i think you're right mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think you're right though too, because you know, when I have friends that are like, oh, I think I'm, I wanna go into directing. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you already know how to direct. You've been on set, you, exactly what you're saying. Okay, I do have a question. So you were brought up by two very artistic people. Did uh -huh. you ever think, oh, maybe I'm gonna go into the sciences and be a real rebel? <laughs> I studied law. I studied law for a year and a half. I saw that. Oh, disastrous. Yeah. It's disastrous. I was, really? I was rubbish. I, I mean, from the first day, it was like, this was a big mistake. And the only reason why I wanted to become a lawyer was because I could state the case. I can stand up for justice. I can have that plaidoyer, you know? It was a, it's an actor, clearly. I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> But I went into music. Oh, but you wanted to play the part of lawyers. Exactly. And this this sense of justice, you know, yeah. and I think that's what we actors have. We have this this need to understand human condition, right? And and that yes. that lends itself to to these other science jobs of 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 um lawyers or or psychologists. Yeah. It's it's so related, really. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But you only studied. So you went into law for a year and a half and you're like, what am I doing? I want to be an actor. This was a huge flaw. And were your parents just laughing? Oh, my dad was you? absolutely furious that I even considered law. And my mom was extremely happy. They're clearly not together anymore. My mom was so happy. The first one in the family is going to be an academic. Yay. I said, mom, it's just not I never had a fighting chance with you guys. I truly believe right. that as spirit, this is just my philosophy, everybody has their own, but I believe we choose our parents. So I think, because my parents are not compatible, how they ever got together is a mystery. Why they stay together, that's on them, you know, for them to figure out. But I truly think, I, I, I think I felt like, oh, a little bit of him, a little bit of her, put that together, create the chaos and let's live it out. <laughs> you yeah. know. I mean, you kind of had your mom is an art, like an artist, so she does sculpture work, which is quite chaotic, which is quite from your heart. And your father's a filmmaker, which is definitely more, I would say, cerebral. Wouldn't you say that is the the combination of that? He is also because he's you know DP coming from from the filmmaking aspect of it, gotcha. but then very um, <clears throat> unapologetic about the creative process. And, and he's the opposite of perfection. Like he seeks imperfection all the time. So to a fault, you know, like when I was a child, I wasn't really forced to finish anything because it's great. Not that it, it's great that huh. in the moment of not being finished, that would be his thing, right? And my mom was like, well, do you wanna, well, do you wanna do it? I'm like, well, I wanna try something else. So that discipline, Discipline of working hard was installed in me, but the discipline of sometimes seeing things through, not so much, you know? Interesting, um, interesting. Yeah. Do you find that you're a perfectionist now in the work that you're doing? Like, is that a, a, a trait that you have? It's something that I think I went then the opposite side and I had to work really hard at not yeah. seeking that perfection. And especially in acting, right? When, when yeah. you go like, you can't act by numbers. It doesn't work this way. The moments when things are magical is when there's that flow, right? But initially, I, yeah. you're, you're Canadian, right? No, you're American? No, I'm first generation Canadian. So my father was Lithuanian, my mom's British. And interestingly enough connection with you, because I know you were born in Switzerland, but I did a sabbatical when I was a kid in Geneva. Oh, so when I read that you were from Switzerland, I was like, oh, I have such a, an affinity. Yeah, yeah, you, you understand. So, but I am first generation Canadian. But you know, when you first, that, that LA arena as actors, when you come and you initially, you come with this, you have the hunger, you're cocky, you're, 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 you're living your own kind of story and you're, you're good in that. There's some empowerment in that. And then you get there and then everybody's, oh, unless you do this, you'll never make it. Oh, this is what's going to make you, this is what's going to make it happen for you. This is like that, that snake oil, right? That they keep mm -hmm. smelling you. Mm -hmm. And you getting better and better and better technically. And you losing this, this organic kind of rawness, right? That, that's, that, that was my yes. And then you have this little, again, I'm going to say, this little fuckwits, and this is me being jealous. This little fuckwits have just came to town and I'm the big shit. I got this. They know nothing. 
but they have the rawness and that's appealing. And that just transfixes you and you want to see more of that. That's beautiful. So it was, yeah. I turned into a perfection. I wasn't a perfectionist when I first got there. I became a perfectionist when I lived, when, when I was, you know, was my God, when being there, I definitely kind of fell into that trap of, oh, I need to do this. I need to have this, this uh, teacher on my resume. I have to blah, 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 blah. And you go like, no, 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 no. What you actually need to do is at some point acting is acting, then you need to start working on yourself, right? The psychological mm -hmm. self-management mm -hmm. of actors is, is something that is not being taught enough. Some, some yes, not enough. That's why the, the mental health aspect is just like disastrous. We like at the, you know, somebody's yes. Yes. no to us and we are the product. So the rejection feels so visceral and so real. And then people diss you for having these feelings, but they want to hire you because you have the feelings, right? Like, okay, so as an actor, I'm supposed to have all this emotional wealth, but then you seem too emotional or don't take it personal. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I, I found that I fascinating. Um, I'm taught, I, mean, I can talk for England, obviously. Then in lockdown, I, I, had a, I had a mentor in New York that was really into all of that. During lockdown, then I decided I'm going to go into more um, hypnotherapy and understand more how the mind works so I can take that back into my tribe and start helping, helping my, my fellow actors in terms of mindset, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Keep yeah. It healthy. I, I, it's so funny that you're speaking about this, Marilyn, because I'm, I'm actually in class right now and the discussion is around um, the... It, the forks in the road, like I feel like your life has a bunch of forks in the road where you get to Los Angeles and you start hustling with what you think they want to see and you start losing yeah. what you are. Yeah. And so, right? Like, and then like that kind of chaotic mess that you're talking about is the thing that's interesting. We don't want to watch somebody that has it all together all the time. We, we want that beautiful mess. We don't want psychotic, you know, but we want that kind of beautiful mess. Yes. That's what the director's <laughs> going to hire you for because they're not quite sure what's going to happen in front of your camera. Yeah. That's what I'm sure when you direct, that's what you're longing to yeah. see, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm curious for you, like, when did you know, first step, like, when did you know that you had to get back to yourself? Mm -hmm. Because it, like living in Los Angeles, you'd gotten away. And how did you manage? Was that through your hypnotherapy work or tell me about that process for you? It was a couple of things. It was, it was really weird. Um, so it, I was on set on, on, a, on a project and there was a couple of um, older women gorgeous women, formidable women. And they kept saying, I heard three times in the same day, I, I feel so invisible. And that just, that, and I, I'm getting goosebumps, right? It, it, it just, I have such a reaction to that. I, I love women with a passion. And it was just, this is not right. This is not right. We, we are responsible for our own lives, okay? So I can make a choice not to feel invisible. And one of the women that actually said, she, I, I love her, she's a, a, a very a seasoned actress. And she said, with a British accent, so then people will figure it out. Um, she said, uh, well, you know, whenever I feel like that, I just wear a skirt that's shorter. <laughs> and then I walk down the street and shit is good again, right? Well, now with me, yeah. you can't. But anyways, <laughs> you can't win. Yeah. Um, so how did you find your way back? How are you, or how are you? Because it's a journey. Right, so that brought me then to, okay, so I'm, not, I'm actually feeling really insecure about how I look right now. Because I'm getting older and I'm, I'm not booking the, the, the parts that I used to book, right? My niche, you could say. That's not what I'm booking right now. And nobody seems to understand where they could place me. Um, and you could say, oh, you're just in that in-between age. I was, I started to hear that you're in that in-between age. Right. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, what does that mean? Um, I still feel juicy, sexy, crazy. Um, which then brought me to a face yoga for, you know, which is, I'm a face yoga teacher, but it brought me to face yoga, which was seven months through which then I realized, oh my God, I've really fallen out of love with myself. Um, 
when I started to just take care of myself, self-care uh, actively and started not to go too much on Instagram and all that and, and compare myself so much, I just needed to take that distance, right? Mm-hmm. And reestablish who, what I like about myself. Um, I did a naked photo shoot that gave me my confidence back. It's great. My mom says every three years you should take, every three years you should have a, a naked shoot. Even if nobody else sees the pictures, just for yourself. You know, it's empowering. You guys, here's my kit. It's coming off. You know, <laughs> your eyes if you can't take it. <laughs> um, and then, and then with the pandemic, the the hypnotherapy, and I do something that's called RTT, which is rapid transformational um, therapy. So it allows to go a little bit deeper. You go to the root, the reason, the cause of why you might have a certain feeling of not enoughness, not whatever. Very often for actors, for sure, we don't feel we're good enough, right? In some way, or we're not supposed mm-hmm. to have something or luck is stacked against us, um, external factors. And then when you get the opportunity to see when that belief was formed at some point um, and you can let that go and bring understanding to it, then you can start to fall in love with yourself so fiercely. And I'm not talking falling in love like, um, oh, I'm going to, you know, the the love that is conditional. I'm talking about the self-love that I know my shit. I know I'm difficult. I know I'm I am very flawed. And I will I will admit it. I, I love myself for all of these reasons. It's okay. And the people that I have in my environment, they love me regardless. And I love them back. It's okay not to be perfect. That whole um so I feel I, I, that was a big uh, moment for me. I heard that, um, I feel invisible, that, that triggered something. I started to feel insecure about stepping into the room. Started to feel very insecure about auditions, how I looked, the lighting, you know, became very obsessed with that. I was like, oh, fuck it, I can't, I can't act in this environment. This is right. and no, I'm not gonna get whatever. Yeah. You wanna do it, that's fine. Feel good about, you know, the choices you want to make, but I was like, no, no. And then I wrote this, the, the movie that, which we were shooting throughout before the pandemic. And now the pandemic has kind of like, I'm sure you probably relate to this. You're just like, well, I have no idea what's going to happen with this now. That's right. I don't yeah. know if I can get my actors back. The footage's not going to match probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is this pen pals? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a really, well, before we get, this is your first feature and I, I definitely want to chat about that, but I'm so, what you just described about that kind of like, gosh, it feels like um, the wellness community has sort of like the, the idea of like falling in love with yourself. It feels like such a Hallmark card or such a like yeah, it does. something you would read on a candle. Yeah, But like, I think, I think that's such a great thing to reinforce, but I don't think is that people know how. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what your version is of falling in love with yourself again is like doing a naked photo shoot, which was really exactly right. what you need, but somebody else might yeah. be, right? Yeah. But but having that kind of like, what else, what other tools did you have or did you discover that helped you fall in love with who you are as opposed to mm-hmm. who people want mm-hmm. you to be? I think it was energy, internal energy. So if, for instance, which is why I brought in the, the face yoga, when you're, when I'm doing face yoga, I can create energy in my face. The same way when you're working out, right? You feel energy in your body. Energy makes you feel alive. It's like when you have sex, phenomenal sex, even bad sex, you can, it still makes you feel alive, right? <laughs> I mean, that's debatable, but I think it's a different podcast, but go on. Right. Right, but <laughs> the act of being physical is, is an affirmation of feeling alive. And when you're doing um, facial exercises, and not for everybody, but for me, I started to understand, oh, I have all this energy. And then I said, okay, I can bring this energy. What is charisma? Charisma is energy in the eyes, right? Over time, we get beaten down. We feel tired. I don't have the energy to bring it. I'm strengthening energy, internal energy. I'm starting to feel good. When you're, you, you, when you're smiling, you, you start to feel good. Right. You can feel if it's authentic or not. Mm-hmm. I, if, yeah. if somebody says, oh, self-care today, I'm just going to pamper myself. And I'm going to order myself X, Y, Z. That's cool. But how long is that going to last? That fix? Mm-hmm. How about your toes? You like your toes? Do you like your toes? They do a lot for you. Mm-hmm. Do you like 
do you like the little curves that are actually not perfect, right? And it, it, so for me, it went into, I started to connect with the energy of myself. And I started to look at what was positive for me to look at. If I'm around people that tend to bitch, I'm just not interested. There's no judgment. We'll go through different times in our lives. I'm just not interested in, in partaking because it's taken away from something that's can make me feel better, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's so, and first of all, I did uh, a face yoga this morning with you and I loved it. Ooh, yeah, I'm it was so good. Huh? Girl, I'm like, it, all the toxins <laughs> out. All the toxins went out of me. Oh, um, the lymphatic, the lymphatic. Yeah. 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 And you know what's interesting? Like what you were just saying about like, like people around you that are complaining and things like that. Like I was just, I was speaking to my therapist yesterday and he said that when he's around people that are energy suckers, he puts mm -hmm. his hands in his pocket so that mm -hmm. it reminds him not to receive the shit yeah. that they're giving. Yeah. I know, but just like, just your physical, like even what you're saying about smiling, like I know there's been times in my life that I'm like, I don't want to smile, but I know there's a psychological connection. If you mm -hmm. smile and force yourself to smile, those muscles will trigger endorphins. And so sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. But Absolutely. I love, I love this journey that you have found yourself on. If, if you think about the mind, you cannot have two opposing thoughts, right? So if you train mm -hmm. your mind to have a certain way of thinking, right? So in, instead of saying, a lot of people use this very like casually, oh, I'm so scared, oh my God, I'm so scared, oh my God, I'm so scared. Like, what are you telling yourself? What are you telling your system? You're crazy, right? So you could say, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. It's the same physical chemical thing that's happening until you give it a label, then the chemistry changes, right? So when people are negative yes. around me, I'm, I'm starting to get really clear about what am I thinking? So I go, they're, yeah. they're thinking, I analyze the thought, they're thinking life is unfair. They're thinking people have it in for them. They're thinking, you know, and I'm like, is that my belief? No, I've always been lucky. Things are always working out for me. I start saying these things. Things are always working out for me. Things are great. Mm -hmm. Things are working out mm -hmm. for me. Sometimes not right away, but in, eventually mm -hmm. I'm, I'm surrounded yeah. by miracles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think that's a muscle though. Don't you think like, you know, there's the times where you're like, I'm, I'm worried. I'm like, am I really worried or am I excited? Because there's something new coming my way. And if I start thinking of it like it I'm be. excited. Yeah. What do you want it to yeah. be? What do you choose? I love it. Right. So yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But now, so I, I was looking at your, the, as I said, the hats that you have worn in your life and I feel like uh that you definitely were a product of your upbringing where you're like I'm gonna do this now I'm gonna do this and now I'm gonna do this like acting but also be behind the camera you've been uh, directing short film producing writing uh camera op you've been doing everything which probably makes you an incredible creator of film all over the ways but it makes you an amazing filmmaker all all over but how do you how did you choose your path or are you still in that place of like, I'm going to do a little bit of this and a little bit of this. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not the, I'm the, the most amazing filmmaker. Absolutely not. It was necessity. <clears throat> so if I had, if I had been busy enough, I'm going to keep it real with you. Right. <laughs> I have been busy. This is the time. Hilt, right. Where like with acting, might not I might have I might have waited much longer um but there was a couple of projects that I got hired to partake in that were just not very good and that triggered something in me this is like if I I have very little control of of what this product looks like unless this is network and all of that stuff but not everything that's interesting comes through, through that channel, right? So you got to kind of feel it out. And then there were a couple of ways, just like, this is terrible. This is you calling yourself. So you're giving yourself a qualification that I don't feel you deserve and that you don't clearly don't have. You have not earned your hours. Mm -hmm. So that was in a moment where I was like, no, no. And then short films are just fun because you get to do it with your friends. 
there's, I was very lucky that I got to work with people that are extremely talented, extremely good. And we're saying like, yes, Miriam, you can come and work with me. Yes, I'll teach you what I know to give me a well-rounded understanding. So if I'm producing, I can look at a camera list and I can say, okay, I understand why the DP wants this. Could we maybe exchange this for this? Or, you know, I can, I can facilitate, I can jump in, I can focus full short. Would I prefer to hire somebody who does this all the time? Absolutely. I'm not here because I want to do it all. Actually, not at all. It's it's really just it just happens. I have to. <laughs> so then I will. Right. But, but I'd I rather. Don't know. I I have. I'm going to challenge that a little bit because when you said like if you were hired just to be an actor, you'd be happy. But no, I have a feeling true. you yeah. wouldn't. No, it's true. Yeah, like yeah. I have a feeling based on like your need for social justice and your need to change the world. Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. But, no, you know, I know that you also went into like a music career for a time as well, but you didn't just do a music career. You started your own label. You're not just becoming an actor and creating films. You started your own film company. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear from your perspective of why you've taken those steps to go deeper with your creative self in that sense. You know, it's a good question. So I, I wanna, I'm, I'm trying to see if there's a little bit of a control issue, probably when, <laughs> so I started, I started with a, with a music career and was very much not in control at the time when I did music, right. it was very old school. You, you couldn't really release your own stuff at the time you had the label and I had several, um, contracts and, and, um, and it was not a very good time for me in terms of, mm -hmm. It's, it, you have a lot of power players and you have to suck it up and all that. I mean, I was very clear about the, what was what I was willing to do and what I wasn't willing to do. And, you know, talk about Me Too and all of that movement. I don't know a single person in any walk of life who hasn't been in that situation. We've all been there, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But I, I, I just yeah. can't. So I, I made a decision that I didn't want to have that define me. I was not going to be a victim of anything or anyone or in anybody's kind of um, beck and call. Um, so that was mm -hmm. usually the reason why I decided then, okay, I'm going to create my own label with music. Um, and we had, there was a moment when we were going to be signed by Timberland. I mean, it was, it was that point, you know, and mm -hmm. I had to make this decision and I, and I just, at that point, I had worked with a lot of great producers and I got to write with a lot of great producers. And I turned around and said, I really don't like these people. <laughs> I really don't like these people. And it reminded me of my mom when I was young. I had a lot of, she was very strict in the beginning and then I had a lot of freedom and I went out and party very, very early on. But she always gave me money. She said, you never have to do anything for money. You always have money to come home. You always have to, you know? And it just was like, I don't have to do this. I don't have to mm -hmm. go down that road. I understand what that, and I have no judgment to anybody who does it. I don't, because we all pay up the price we're willing to pay, you know? That's the bottom mm -hmm. line. Mm -hmm. we, can, we can go into victim, blah, blah, blah. For me, at a certain age, you weigh up what you want. And you make an assessment and you say, okay, I'm going to do this. Maybe you come out on the other end after saying the price was too high, right? Mm -hmm. Very often. But I think you have to take some responsibility for that too. And that's just the path. That's what's going to make you the artist that you are going to be. We're all damaged, wonderfully so. How are we not damaged, right? Um, yeah. So that's a long answer to say, probably I wanted to maintain my own voice. I wanted to... Uh, being charged of my destiny and that doesn't mean that sometimes I get so tired of it you know like sometimes it's no just I mean when somebody to no, take times do your yeah career. you want somebody else like can you just organize everything and I'll yeah. be in your sandbox I I mean I understand that but don't you yeah. find that now as an actor when you're supposed to be just an actor you're still directing you're still writing you're still but you gotta, it, it's true. And I have some directors who, I had one director once come up to me and said, you're not, you're, you're an actor now. You're an actor now. You're not, on and I said, yeah, oh, I, I, it's all right. I can make that. Adjustment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then sometimes oh, you no. stay really numb because you go, you know, the hierarchy on set, right? So you know, this is not, you're, you're running out of film, film, not film, but you're, you're, you're running out of the card right now. I can see it. Right. You, you don't, you don't yeah. have enough 
on your card for this take, yeah. is, is it my position to say something? It really isn't, right? So no. we're all here no. to support each other in this journey. So we, of course we ran out and we're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I told you so. But, and then you go like, yeah, but didn't you make mistakes? Yeah, I made mistakes as well. And, and yeah. that, I, I think the, the filmmaking community at its best is very generous in the learning curve because you know how it is. They, yeah. they throw you in the deep end. Your first acting gig. How was that? Did you know what you, I mean? Oh, I mean, I still don't really know what I'm doing. I think every time, right? Like you get to set and you're like, this is a different set. You're figuring out the crew. Like it's always, it's, you're sort of always in the deep end. Yeah, yeah. I know, I mean, I said, I know certain things, but I think that that's part, like as you were talking about before, we're never gonna be perfect. We're never gonna know everything. I'm never gonna be um, finish an acting contract and going, well, that was perfect. <laughs> like I'll always wanna do, things differently. Do you ever I, think feel, that's, I think that's art. Do you ever feel like you want to do like theater again or something like that? Do you ever feel like you'd, you'd love like a longer yes. pause? Don't you? Yeah, so much. Oh, that, okay. This is a double, this is sort of complicated because my background is with improv. So I can do a full play without having to rehearse. I can sort of get in the back door a little bit. But with theater, I love, like, I love the discussion of scripts. I love the process. And then somebody mm. will say, it's a five-month contract. And I'll be like, mm. what? That to me is the daunting part, is to do the same thing for five months. Because, you know, you're like, look at you. You're spinning all these plates. And then somebody's going to say, now you're going to be in one place saying the same lines for five months. Or, how do you feel about that? Yeah, same. It was so funny. You just said that. I'm like, oh, oh God. Can yeah. we play? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but there's nothing like theater. Like, you know, I mean, it's the, the closest thing on set is when you can make the crew laugh and you hear them, you see hear a cut and then you hear people laugh afterwards and you're like, oh, there's an audience, which feels. You see, you're, you're funny. You're, this is for me a talent that is extraordinary to be funny, to be so in, in the moment that that is a skill set I, I, I'm trying to get better at, but it's not something that comes natural to me. You, you do that. That is well, I, I thank you. And I will tell you, it's a muscle. I like, so my background is with Second City Theater. I don't know if you know them, but they're a comedy yeah, theater. I looked, you, I, I looked you up. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, but we were doing improv six nights a week you're going to get better. If you did improv as much as I did, you're gonna, it's a muscle. Like if you said, I'm gonna commit myself to doing more comedy and I'm gonna, I don't know, do all the things like in COVID times, whether it's classes online, whether it's watching mm -hmm. comedy, whether it's memorizing comedic monologues, you'll get better. You, everybody mm -hmm. has comedy within them. It's just a matter of that muscle they have to work it. Well, you see, I, I think in the shower, I'm very, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> but that's where it starts no no you, that's where no. i mean not the shower necessarily not you don't necessarily right, right. comedy doesn't start in the shallow depending on your body i guess but i think you know people start with a small i was gonna say people start with a small bit but this is getting racy in the shower <laughs> i think people start with like a, a just a joke like you have the story that you tell at dinner parties that you know is a great story you know it makes people laugh that's Girl, your comedy bit that you build time. on every time a joke no. yeah every time this is this is then the part that's funny because i just can't do it right so i the, telling a joke is unbelievable can't do it it's like a talent that i can't do it that's a talent i just wish i could make money but with it i <laughs> I think that you, I mean, I really do believe everybody's funny. I don't think, like, I'm not funny. I'm not funny telling jokes, like, bop, ba da ba da the jokes. I'm funny in circumstance. I'm funny in improv. But everybody's got a different funny bone. But the timing, you know, that that timing, that is, like, something that is just, I feel you kind of have it or you don't. And then to see the opportunity of that, that could become funny, right? That I yeah. could always see the opportunity of, oh, I can make this very dramatic, right? So, yes, no, no, we're going away, we're trying to get away from that. 
Yeah. <laughs> this is where like crazy I think, shit. No, no, no. I would love to see like your character <laughs> and my character in a scene where you keep steering it towards the drama and I steer it to the comedy. I think, <laughs> I, I think that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, but with all the with all the roles that you have played uh, in your life, mm -hmm. where are you most comfortable? Where are you most yourself, do you feel? I love playing cops. Yeah. I love it, I love it. But I have a big sense of justice and I'm both my parents have that, that's cool, right? So then I'm past the, that, that age where you would consider a career in law enforcement or in military or so. And, you know, it was just like nothing, it never occurred to me. But all the things that I really kind of gravitated to in terms of psychology were these justice seeker, right? And I, mean, and I know cops are flawed and, and, and that's a different discussion, but what, the, what it stood for, what it stood for the, to help the, the people who are, in need and all of that stuff. So then I come to America, which I love, right? Who I love, my God, which I love. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I have a friend, he's a, she's a shooting instructor. And he calls me, you want to start shooting? I said, yeah, and I'm really good. I'm a very good shot. There was the, there's some atrocities that happened, um, some terrorists and whatever. And I, and I called my dad and I just wanted him to say um, that everything's going to be okay, right? And he said, I can't, I can't tell you that not everything's going to be okay. It's not going to be okay. Um, but the only thing that you can do is to be even more creative because what people who are counter life, what they most fear is creativity. So you need to find even more people that you gravitate to and really nurture that and, 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 um, and do that even more. And then I said, well, dad, you know, I think it's time that, you know, I'm, I'm really good at shooting and I, I, I'm, and, um, I'm considering getting a gun. And he's like, <laughs> and then he said, oh, wait, 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 yeah. My daughter, yeah. he's like, well, okay. Do you really think you need a gun? I said, no, of course not. I'm just kind of saying that, but I'm good at shooting and I like it. And I don't want to apologize for it. And he said, well, here's what I think. I just hope that we've brought you up the right way, that you know when to be Gandhi and when to be Black Panther. And that was like, it's like, okay, why did I come up with the guns? Oh, because of the parts that I like to play. So when the, the first time I really got an opportunity to play a cop was, was, um, was a show called South Beach. And uh, I did a lot of research, I did a lot of, so each time I get to play a cop, I go even a little bit deeper. So I do the ride-alongs and I stand by it. I stand, I, I, I don't like what they do, but I like the, the sports aspect of shooting. I'm competitive. And right. I, um, yeah. And so, so does that feel like, like, like going back, that's when you feel like, um, you know, there's a French expression, être bien dans votre peau. Oui, absolutely. Be comfortable in your skin. Absolutely. So yeah. Oui. Yeah. And is there, is there a time, like, is it as a director, like you've just started shooting your first feature as a director, did you start working on that being like, oh, I'm really comfortable in this role? Or, or is it always as an actor? No, I think I crave that feeling of feeling comfortable in my skin when it comes to our art form. I, I, I don't have it anymore. You know, I have the moments that I um, defend where I'm like, no, I did my work. I'm showing up and I'm gonna go moment to moment to moment. Mm -hmm. And that's that, I'm gonna bring that authenticity to it. No, don't feel comfortable. Don't feel comfortable in my skin, which is not a bad thing. I don't associate that as, as a bad thing, right? No. What I do, what I have learned is that then I step up. So I am the leader. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the leadership role. And I'm going to come with a plan. Yeah. As a director, I come with a plan, very clear plan. I, I come prepared. And then if the DP or somebody else comes up with like, what about, what do you think of this? Could this be, I'm like, oh, I like it. Okay, let's go with that. Mm -hmm. um, so I come prepared. I feel good within what I could do. And then I'll let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting to think about that way because, you know, you, you and I've talked about 
the idea of being uncomfortable in our art yeah. that is actually better. But, uh, but there's like this weird, like, I don't know, like for me, when I step onto stage, I'm like, oh, this is a home for me. Mm-hmm. I know that when I'm in front of an audience, I can mm-hmm. be fully myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, and there's people as well that, that you're more yourself than others. I think it, it's just natural. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think, I think the connection with the audience, that energy, that makes me feel at home. I will drop into yes. that and I will come up with something. Something will show up, right? That I do trust. Not with the yeah. camera all the time. Not with, because I, from a filmmaker's point of view, I understand there's so many um, more aspects to it. Let's say if you have top mm-hmm. players in every position, you're golden. But what if the focus is off every time, right? Mm-hmm. Focus pool is having a bad day mm-hmm. or the shallow, shallow depth of field. You know, it's a difficult shot. Now on your 10th time, you've burned through it, right? So I think as an actor who has the understanding mm-hmm. of filmmaking, you assess very quickly what is, what is the caliber of the people on set? And how can I help contribute to, to make it work? Mm-hmm. So if I, if I have mm-hmm. a, couple of, a couple of takes, right? I will, I will very casually go up. Is there, is there anything I could do to, to facilitate? I was going to ask um, mm-hmm. um, the, the DP. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Is there anything that I could do a little slower? Is there something I could do to facilitate? And most of the time, very often, I'll get a note. That'd be great. They don't want to say it because they're not, it's not direction, direction, right? Um, mm-hmm. but as a, as an actor, I think, especially as an actress, it's very important to be in good terms with the DP. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting. It's kind of, it's kind of in that same world of like, you know, not being so worried about the outer as an actor, like on set, there's so many technical things to do, like the lighting and the hair and the makeup and blah, blah, blah. Whereas on stage we don't have those things to worry about. If the lighting is bad on stage, it's not the end of the world. Just crank them up a little bit, but yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a true. different mindset. Without becoming too technical, right? You know, you, you, you know, like this is, this is the wrong lens for this, for this shot. So I have to compensate. <laughs> I would there. never say that. I love that you have that vision of like, oh, this is the wrong lens. But you know, if we're on a wide lens, unless we're going for like some crazy effect, right? And you're you're very close. I know I'm distorted. I know right now my nose is somewhere here. My sh- so I'm gonna try and compensate. You know too much. <laughs> See, it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but you know, thank God often they have monitors and, and it's fine. I, I don't like seeing takes back I don't need to see them back I I trust in the director tell me what you want just tell me what you want I don't need to see it I don't need to see it back I don't want to become self-conscious I don't want to see the but I I want to feedback for sure I want to know do we have a shot and then can we now play is it now play time you know yes give me one take that's just play say yeah is there um is there a credit in your in your resume that uh, you're more proud of than others, whether it's as a director, writer, um, DOP, what all the different roles that you've played? Mm. No, I'm equally. There's a lot of. Um, I, I yeah, I've, I've been really fortunate to to work with very not always the most talented people, but people who have certainly um, improved my growth, good and bad, Mm -hmm. I will say that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a fair, that's a fair observation. Um, Okay, we're gonna wrap it up. I'm gonna make some space for you to ask me a question because I feel like I put you on the spot asking you all these questions, it's only fair. Do you have a question for me? I do, I do. How do you bounce back from rejection? How do you like deal with that? That's, oh, that's a good one, right? Yeah. Um, oh my God, I'm gonna ask you the same thing. How, how does any, well, first of all, I think we get better at it. 
I think actors get more better and better. I think it still stings when you get something at that you cost. connect with. Uh, to at what mm -hmm. cost? We yeah. get better at it. At what cost? You're right. That's an interesting observation. I think, how do I deal with rejection? Hmm. Um, I think I kind of move on. I think I take a day to be sad and I, I talk to one person about being sad about it. And then I mm -hmm. get to work on my own things that I like. I think it's sort of in the same world that you've been talking about where the things I can control. Um, I don't know. I think it's still smarts. It's like almost it's like seeing that um, your, your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or partner and you're still like mourning their uh, your relationship i think there's always a level that you'll be like oh that's the role that got away or, um but then you i don't know you try to focus on the things that you can control you know how do you deal with rejection badly <laughs> no it's a joke <laughs> <laughs> she said drinking her wine <laughs> um, <laughs> when you said like at what cost, right? At what cost? Like, do you just shove it down and go, oh, that didn't bother me. I don't think that's great. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I have like one person that I connect with that and I have a good, I allow myself to be disappointed about it. Um, and then my logic will kick in. Well, it could be so many different reasons of why not. Um, but there, there is this fear of um, the dream that the vision that I've had for myself, the dream that I have for myself, you know, which is when you're projecting when you're younger is always like this, right? It's like a straight line. It's mm -hmm. not this up and down shit, right? That we're going through, which makes life so wonderful, complicated, uh -huh. but um, that, that wanting to control that, you know, that, that fear, oh, maybe I, I, I won't reach what I really wanted not understanding that what you want changes all the time. What you need changes all the time. Because if you wanted yeah. the boyfriends that you had back then, now, oh my God, that would be a very bad Oh my right? God. <laughs> but how do you remind yourself of yeah. this? I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Does your, your hypnotherapy, your RTT work uh, help you with that process? Yes. Yeah, for sure. It does because it goes back to, it, it, it does, but not as a, it doesn't work if you just put it as a band-aid, right? You kind of have to go to the right. root a little bit of why you are predisposed anyways to feeling rejected or feeling hurt by certain things. And then I'm like, well, because I'm an actor, I get it all the time. <laughs> that was my response to my yeah. teacher initially. Yeah, push, push, push. <laughs> And then she was like, well, is there an element that you don't think it could happen for you or you don't feel good enough? And of course we all have it. Um, but I, I, I do feel mm -hmm. that they have But I was just curious that bounce back muscle, that bounce back, if we could, how can we share that with our community, with incredible mm. people? How can we share that? That doesn't feel airy fairy bullshit universe kind of talk. I love the universe, but you know, but when people tell to me, oh, well, it's in the universe. I'm like, no, you got to work it. I mean, like, yeah. I would say, I mean, if you want concrete steps, I would think that like rejection for me, I, I, I turn to myself. I do something that is self so supporting self-care. Uh, in the self-care world and whether that's like taking a class that makes me feel stronger as an artist or whether it's like doing some art or whether it's working on um you know a project that I'm excited about yeah. I do that and then I also get out of my own head a little bit like I I look into how my friends are doing because yeah. you know if you're feeling badly about yourself I guarantee you there's a bunch of other people that are also feeling badly in different ways so if we can get out of our own head it, I don't know that sometimes helps me as well I have one more question for you. What do you do? Okay. When, what do you do when you're not busy? Like, I know you do a lot of things. What do you do when you're not busy? What do you daydream? Like about? when I'm shutting down, when I'm like, uh huh. Not what you physically do, but where do you um, wonder? Where does your mind wonder? You know. 
Uh, oh, that's a great question. I, I think, um, like when I am wandering, I go to, I go to the water. Um, water helps me wander. I get, yeah. I like getting grubby. I like like um, chopping wood and doing something that gets me away from the computer. I like, yeah. I like, um, I like doing art so that I'm doing something tactile. Um, crafty. I like you my husband crafty. a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like I, I, I like spending it. time with my husband because it makes makes everything in balance, you know. And he's a he's a comedian as well, so I get front row to a really fun show. Yeah. And you like him? How wonderful is that? I like him so I much. I mean, I love yeah, yeah. How amazing is that? Oh my gosh, I'm the luckiest in the world. Honestly, I I don't ever take it for granted, and uh, and he doesn't either. We're really we feel really lucky in this world because at the end of the day that also helps balance those rejections where you're like I, so i didn't get the part i i still have a good life i have such so much to be grateful for i think gratitude balances that i go to old movies, old um tv shows mm. like i i re-watch yeah. shows that i've already watched forever like mm. so i don't have to think like it's comforting yes. you know <laughs> yeah oh yeah uh, what's your show to watch Mine, mine's the office oh. The, oh, which the American or the English one? The American. Well, I'm one? a fan of the Amer. I'm a fan of both. I watched the British one because my mom's British, so my cousin sent it over to me. But the American one, I'll just watch again and again. I just think it's it's so, so good. I prefer it. Mm -hmm. The American one is so good. I mean, it's just so oh my goodness, La talk about yeah. laughing. It's so wonderful. Uh, that What's your show? What? It's it's Frasier and Monk. Those have been the two. Okay. Those are the two that I will watch over and over again. Now they come with a warning because you know, like, no, you can't do all the jokes they can't do anymore. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Monk came yeah, with they, a they did not. Uh... I mean, if you know anything, really? about Monk, like, you, you know, the character is so, like, not that. But those are the two shows that, I, that makes the world okay. I have my animals as well that I, that I, like, this this the smell of my dog mm -hmm. and my cat is beyond and then yes. i agree with you i also have a very wonderful husband who's just a nice guy he's a good guy he's a good yeah. guy no no drama oh. like he's a good it's a good home buddy it's like he's my best friend he'll keep me mm -hmm. real he'll keep me honest mm -hmm. is he in the arts Yes, yes, he he's uh, we he is um, the director of uh, Duo. We work wow. together all the time. Were you together when you shot Duo? Unfortunately, yes. That was like what <laughs> 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 screen is real. <laughs> oh my gosh, the magic! We wanted to kill each other. It, I mean, yeah. like literally, we're shooting this. It was a road trip. Yeah, we the hottest from LA to Vegas in a car, my old car that had no AC with two other friends of ours. And we're shooting it that way. We just kind of running and gunning it, right? And every half hour we'd stop the car and there would be this massive fight and then we'd have to shoot it. <laughs> and then we decided never to work with each other again. And then of course we did, but. Yeah, yeah, the ebb and flows, I love it. Oh, I'm, I, I have to wrap this up. I don't want to, because I could yeah. talk to you all day. But I'm going to wrap it up with some firecracker wrap-up questions. Okay, here we go. Uh, fill in the blank. To me, a firecracker is? Hot. Nice. <laughs> what do you want to be best known for? My kindness. What is something that people don't know about you? I'm shy. Um, and I cover that real well. <laughs> um, what has been your favorite mistake? Well, my husband's. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Okay. You've got three times, three times the mistake, but the last one's the winner. I'm the nicest person to divorce. It's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, just, I just don't want to deprive myself of the feeling of being married. I really like being married. I love it. I love it. I love it. So why should I deprive myself of that? If it works out great, if not, mm, you know. 
Um, what is something that you haven't done yet, but you know you have to do? Mm, it's gonna be personal. I have to make up with my sister. That's, I didn't. I didn't think I would, that, that that didn't come up, but that came up. Yeah. Yeah. First you. thing that came to mind. That. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's beautiful. Um, who is a firecracker in your world that we can shine a little light on? Oh, it's a couple. So my mom, for sure. Formidable. Yes. What's your mom's Simone. first name? Simone. Simone. I can imagine your mom's a, just an amazing firecracker. Something yes. else. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got her genes her now. Mom, so. I, I remember why I put a body of water between us, but you know. <laughs> yeah. No, she's amazing. And she has always, always been um, the fire behind my fire. She has certainly like, since I was a little girl, um the old older women in my family but um of the the other firecrackers there is um believe entertainment there's two women that i absolutely adore shalice and shannon they are the real deal yeah robin lee my mentor um a, a acting teacher who has been formidable um Marissa Peer, I would say, because I think my mental health will depend on that. Um, I would say pretty much all the, the women that I've come across uh, on my, my professional path. Again, I will say that mm -hmm. because they've all been formidable, right? So if we're going with firecrackers, mm -hmm. you've shown a light on you in some shape or form, made you find out something about yourself. So yeah. Mm -hmm. um, amazing. What is, uh, what's some advice you would have given to a younger Maram? Oh, I want to cry because I want to tell her it's okay. It's not, you don't have to fight so hard to be loved. You don't have to fight for it. It's okay. Love oh, I think you're <laughs> such a beautiful heart, Maram. I've so enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of love. Bye. Bye now. Now you can follow Maram on Twitter at Hassler Maram and on Instagram at Maram Hassler. Also, make sure to follow Viscous Film on Instagram, V-I-S-C-U-S Film, and check out Maram's face yoga on thefaceyogachick.com, which is just, it's lovely. You can do it a couple of times and then you can start to make it your own. It's really, it's just a fun little micro self-care moment you can take for yourself. You can stream Maram's work, The Exodus of Ladybird, Sitting Duck, Duo, and Beacon Hill, the series, all on Real Women's Network. Go on over there after you finish listening to this. All of those show links will be in our show notes, as always. And of course, make sure you're already following Real Women's Network. Find them on Instagram at Real, R-E-E-L, Women's Network, or on Twitter at R-E-E-L, Women's, N-E-T-W, and the number one. Just check out our show notes. We got you. We'll get all those links to your brain so you can follow them and give them some firecracker love. We'll be bringing you a new creator from Real Women's Network every month. So watch out for these voices and check out what's available to stream now on realwomensnetwork.com. And while you're noodling on your computer, subscribe to our newsletter at www.firecrackerdepartment.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at firecrackerdept for updates, sneak peeks, you know, whatever's coming up next in the episodes. Join the conversation and find out what's coming up event-wise for Firecracker Department because we have some great things in store for all of you. All right, I'm Naomi. Stay safe, everybody. Keep well, look after yourselves, look after each other, and we'll see you next time on Firecracker Department. Winnie Wong is our Firecracker head producer. Follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and wonder underscore Wong 8 on Twitter. Sydney Nielsen is our co-producer and head editor. You can follow them at Sydney underscore Nielsen. Sydney, like Australia. Nielsen, like milk. You can follow me on social media at my last name, at Sneekus, S-N-I-E-C-K-U-S. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com slash about. 
because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advanced updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. Now, whether you're a first time or a long time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you. We mean it, we really do, and we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps, or it piques your curiosity, or makes you want to stop and write something down, send it back to us, or our firecracker guest, or both. I mean, everybody likes to know that when they put something out into the world, that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Share it, because it just reverberates, you know? If you see somebody being creative, that might spark somebody else's creativity, so pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music, and thanks to you, yeah, you, sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there, and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop, and until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time. <laughs>